Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to episode number 34 of the Son of Man podcast. I just wrapped up a call with Matt Llewellyn and it's, guys, like, you're gonna like this one. Um, we, he's the author of Christ in the Fog, subtitled Journey Through Life's Fog to Uncover Soul Wounds and Begin an Existential Process of Renewal. And he's someone who's struggled with um, some mental health issues, um, who's um, noticed mental health issues in the church. And we have a really good conversation about how that's affected him. And then we also go into some very practical advice on how can you deal with it if it's something you're struggling with and also how can you help people who you love who are struggling with mental health issues or feel anxious or have depression anything along those lines how can we help people and how can we um, improve our own situations if that's something we struggle with it's definitely a problem that we've both experienced in the church and we've noticed that other people in the church um, so I really believe this is going to be a super valuable podcast for you um, I hope it is, and without further ado, here's episode number 34 with Matt Llewellyn. Matt Llewellyn, welcome to the Son of Man podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, it's good It's good to chat. I've read, I've read a bit of your book. Um, you've written the book, Christ in the Fog, Journey Through Life's Fog to Uncover Soul Wounds and Begin an Existential Process of Renewal. Uh, before we get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you came from, why you wrote this book, and just a bit about your story. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in the 80s and 90s in uh, Connecticut in the United States, and uh, now I live in Indiana. And uh, I grew up in a Christian home. I went to a Christian college. Uh, then I actually went to the seminary af- after that. I was training to be in the ministry. Uh, and then I, I graduated with my Master of Divinity, of all things, in 2009 and promptly went to work full time as a software developer. And, and then I, I met and married my wife. Now we have a few kids and a dog and, and, and a nice life here in Indiana. Uh, but what I wrote the book for is in my late teens and then going into my 20s, especially in the time I was in the seminary, I had this persistent feeling that something was wrong with my faith, that I wasn't really living up to what the expectations were around me especially in a, in a format like a seminary where everybody's just like uber Christian, right? right. So, yeah, I, I ended up in this place where I kind of had to sort that out. Like, why, why was I feeling like I was less than? Why was I a, a second-class Christian to all these people? I was putting in the same kind of work and doing a lot of the same kinds of things. I was quite functional in that way, but I was, I was also hurting uh, in, in that my experience wasn't living up to the same standard I was seeing around me. And it took quite a while to, to sort that out, that, that nagging notion and, uh, that uh, my book came out of that. So it's a, it's a journey through meditations of the functional hurting is what I call it. Uh, where, you know, we, we, we're all people that, can kind of go to work, we can pay our taxes, we can go to church, we can uh, interact with our families, right? And and yet there's there's something in the background, this nagging, persistent notion of either anxiety or depression. Uh, there are Christians all over the world that are dealing with addictions. There are Christians mm-hmm. who are dealing with traumatic pasts uh, or or just loss in the present, like losing a loved one, losing a career, losing, you know, these various things that we rely on for our daily lives. So I was walking through that and then trying to come to a a place where I could put down some meditations on scriptures that 
walk somebody through what what does it look like to kind of rebuild after all of this and knowing that this is my experience maybe it goes away in the future maybe it doesn't but the experience is what it is uh and then we can walk through scriptures and kind of come to a new understanding of what christ has for us in this life and beyond yeah man that's a great thing to talk about and you obviously when you go to church, you don't realize how many people are actually hurting or how many people are struggling with something. And when you start to get a few close friends and start to have some actually like deep conversations, it's not something I've experienced this with one person, but actually most people I talk to probably have those sorts of experiences in church, especially when you want to go to church and act like you have everything under control. In reality, most people don't. Most people are struggling with an addiction or mental health issues or all sorts of things that being airy fairy about it on a Sunday and pretending like everything's all good isn't probably the best approach for everyone. Um, so your main topic is talking, you talk in your book about the fog a lot. Um, it's in the title of your book. It's in pretty much every chapter of the book. Uh, why don't you tell us what you're referring to specifically about that and how that applies to people? So the fog is, is really kind of a, uh, if you think about like you're driving around on a foggy morning, you have this cloudy mist that's settled over you. Low visibility, you can't really see a whole lot and it's easy to get disoriented. So we're straining our eyes and then because we're so focused on trying to see what's around us, we start missing signs. We start missing details because we're just trying to see that next little bit of road in front of us. So then you take that image and superimpose it, if you will, over your soul and see the effects that are there for just every area of life. So my book takes us through a number of vignettes that's just trying to put us in that fog experience. It's like dropping you right into that world, seeing the fog around you. What do you see? What do you hear? Uh, how do you react to it? And it's just trying to draw out these things that are kind of under the surface in our souls uh, bring them to the surface where we can actually deal with it. We're experiencing these things like we might be feeling anxiety and, and it's it's just this urge to run away uh, where we uh, feel overwhelmed by just how many voices are coming at us in this world of the Internet, social media, and the 24-7 news cycle and everything else. Not to mention all of the, the Christian voices that come at us, even in mm. uh, in churches and so many different ways of following Jesus, it seems, and so many ideas of how to study the Bible better, how to pray better, how to get better results in your Christian life. There's so many voices. Um, so psychologically, this can come out as depression. It can come out as anxiety. It could be that that trauma response, depending on what is going on in your past, your family of origin. Um, but the other thing to mention, Paul, is that it can be hard to feel like part of a group. It can be hard to get a sense of belonging where where being a Christian and going to church, right? That's that's all about being in that community of Jesus and being this one body uh, to be the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth. But it can be hard to feel like you're part of that group and like you're having this trouble hearing God's voice when everybody else in the room is hearing God's voice, that right. feeling hard to pray when everybody else in the room can pray. And, and so it's those sorts of experiences, that disorientation, that not really knowing where to go next, that is the fog. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And you brought up 
not being able to hear God's voice when other people do or like along that lines. And I think there's probably something a lot of people like this, probably something I'm going through right now. And that's hard. And a lot of people would see that as like, what am I doing wrong? Am I not Christian enough? And you start to compare yourself with other people. There's actually this really good book. I don't know what you think about John Bevere, but he's got this book about into the wilderness. Oh, sorry. Mm. No, it's like, God, where are you? It's talking about wilderness seasons. And that's kind of like the vibe. Um, so I don't, I won't go too much into that, but if someone's struggling with that, I th- that's honestly like changed my whole perspective about how I see and understand that. Um, but yeah, I think I'll, I'll bring that up because you mentioned that and that's not something that just you struggle with or something that I've struggled with or am struggling with. That's actually like really common and a lot of people have that. And so if someone's listening to this, I don't want them to think that they're the only one. And basically everyone I talk to have experienced that at some point and or are experiencing that. And that's a totally like super common thing that people have. Um, before we start to go into some practical advice on how we can uh, improve our situations, um, do you want to talk a little bit about your story? And oh, I guess you have a little bit, but is there anything else you want to add to how you've experienced the fog and uh, what you've done about it, how it's affected you? Feel free to go as deep or as shallow about that as you want to go. But when I say that, like, what do you think about what comes to your head? Uh, so th- what I'd share is, you know, stepping through the fog on my own has been a journey of learning how to be more honest with God. Uh, that mm. I, I can't really just go to God and be like, hey, I went to Christian college. I went to seminary. I was raised in a Christian home. I attend church every Sunday. I do evangelism, I do discipleship, none of that really matters when I'm sitting before God and I'm just thinking, hey, I just can't feel what's going on. Like, I'm not I'm not getting anything out of this Bible passage I'm reading. It, it's, it's supposed to be thought provoking. It's supposed to be spiritually uplifting. And I just got nothing, man. And right. it, it, it's it's had to be a journey of being honest with God that uh looking around me and just seeing you know, very few people in the church are talking about mental health issues. And maybe that's part of my story. Maybe that's part of a lot of people's story. I mean, you, you look around at the statistics and over one out of five people, I, I'm not sure exactly how the the statistics match up in New Zealand and, and that part of the world, but here in America, one out of five people had, has struggled with mental wellness. And right. you, that's typically unre- underreported, right? So you, there's going to be more people right. out there than just that. So I look around, but I didn't really understand that I wasn't alone. And right. and so in a lot of ways, you, you kind of feel alone. You, you kind of have this picture in your mind of, of stumbling through the fog. Um, so it took me a long time to actually start writing about it and to, to start talking about it. And once I did... Then I started to realize how many more people were out there with the same kinds of experiences who suffered with the same types of anxiety or uh, or questions that would come up in their minds that they just wouldn't know how to deal with it. Um, so we, we try to approach Jesus in a more honest way with the goal is rebuilding our neural pathways in our brains like our brains are these complex network of neurons and things like that we all kind of 
become addicted to a certain way of being because we have these paths set in our minds and our inner brains and our brains keep firing the same way. So we keep doing the same things the same way. And we, we keep stepping through life the same way. We have our daily routine and everything else. Mm. So we, what we're trying to do is rebuild that. So the, the entire second half of my book is just stepping through different scriptures and trying to do that with that level of honesty that we can bring to the table. For example, one of them is uh, is from Hebrews chapter 2, where it, it talks about Jesus um, not being ashamed of his brethren. And it's taking that concept, you're like, okay, well, why why am I ashamed to be what I am? You know, why do I feel less than when I'm in the church? Why is it that I... You know, my voice may be stopped when everyone else is singing, while my voice may be silent when everyone else is praying. And the fact is, Jesus, the, the highest being in the universe, uh, is, is not ashamed to call me his brother. How do I know that? Well, because the Bible says it, and I believe that. Even though I may not feel it every day of my life, it is still true. And he's not scared by my experience. You know, he's not coming to me saying, well, I'll, I'll just deal with you, Matt, when, when you, you get your crap together and you don't feel like this right. anymore. Right. So there, it's a journey of coming to that honesty and learning to put those things in front of me and saying, Here, here's what I am. Uh, here's what my experience is, no matter how dark it may be. Uh, and... I mean, this is for, this is written out here for Christians who go through their lives with these experiences, who experience those that that chronic anxiety or depression, who can, I mean, it goes as far as like suicidal ideation or addictions. You know, all of these things are things that Christians can experience. They need to know that they're not alone. They need to know that Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers, his sisters. Mm. yeah nice i think i don't know what your experience has been like but i think with honesty i've noticed aside from god just talking to people i find i don't like talking about my emotions i don't want to bring it up like if i'm annoyed like i'm good don't worry about me i'll be fine but then what i also do is i take i do the same thing to god which is stupid like it doesn't make any sense he already knows how i'm feeling and i'll go to pray i'll be like god like i'm good just pray for a good day you know but actually like there's stuff going on in my life that i should take to god but I take that same approach to God that I take to regular people and just pretend like everything's all good when it probably isn't all the time, right? And I don't know if that's more of a problem for guys than it is for women. I know guys often don't like to talk about their emotions. I don't know what your experience has been, but that's something I've ex noticed about myself, which is something that I do naturally, but it actually doesn't make sense. Is that something you notice talking to other guys about this or anything? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and this is something that's a just really culturally set in as an expectation for guys in particular that, you know, we don't have problems. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about emotions. We don't talk about feelings. We're not supposed to be mm -hmm. seen crying in public, that kind of stuff. And, and what that does in your brain is that kind of makes mm -hmm. two sides to you and it, it splits you a bit where you've got this this one piece that's real it's like this is what's going on in your soul and it feels all those things but you have another side of you that's 
what you think is fit for public consumption that you know this is the side i want to present to the world and we try to curate that we try to uh, make it as attractive as possible you know people don't post everything on social media they only post what they think people will Mm -hmm. actually appreciate and put you know click that like button uh, mm. and subscribe and all that stuff. And it's, um, it's certainly a cultural expectation. Uh, there, there's a book out there, uh, called Jesus and John Wayne that goes into some of that where, uh, you know, the, the church as a whole had that has this complex of, of masculinity that has to match what that, that charisma and machismo that John Wayne had as a, as a movie icon in the 20th century, and that's that's a very real problem in the church that that we have this idea instead of promoting a uh, a more complete self that actually puts everything that's part of you out on the table and says this is what I am you have to deal with me this way uh, instead it's it it really makes you have to work on this image that you want to put up uh, instead of just being who you really are. Mm. Yeah, nice. Um, to get practical, I want to break this down, down into two sections, one for people who are struggling with this or one who have uh, people, loved ones or people close to them who are struggling with mental health issues within the church and everything. Uh, why don't we start with people who are struggling with mental health or f- feel like they feel the fog in their lives? Um, what have you noticed in your own life or with people you've talked to um, how can people practically improve their situation and help them get through this? So the best way to improve the situation from my experience and from the people I've talked to is to take it day by day. You really kind of have mm. to slow down to speed up there because you may make some steps in, in a, a direction that you think is positive for a while, but then something will go on in your mind or in your uh, emotional well-being or in just how your your brain chemistry works and things will kind of slide off onto another level for a while and that's just part of the reality of what it what it means to live with issues of, of mental health and well-being uh, that you know, the the road is not always going to take you upward uh, but you mm. you kind of have to learn to trust the process and you have to learn to put trusted people around you who kind of know you and know what kind of thing you're going through uh, in order to just maintain an even keel for that. So mm-hmm. that's that's number one. You kind of have to establish that baseline and, uh, and be able to take things day by day. Uh, once right. you have that, you can start trying some more of these types of meditations of, of coming to scriptures. And it doesn't really matter what scripture it is you're coming to, as long as you are perfectly honest about it. It's not just, you know, okay, what did I learn 10 years ago in Sunday school when this came up? It's, you know, what, what am I feeling right now? How am I reacting to this story in the Bible or, or, or what happened there or what the results were for the people involved? And, and just getting a, a real handle on why am I reacting this way? What what's next? What how how is that different from how I think I should react? Why do I think I should react that way? And mm. and try to settle that difference and, and bring those two parts of myself together instead of continuing to drive them apart. 
it, yeah. it's a very real thing, Paul, that when we have a negative reaction to something that's in the Bible, we can really start to just try to silence that voice and make it go away. But mm. in order to promote that that wholeness of self, we really need to allow that voice to go forward. It doesn't really matter if it's right or wrong at that point. We can settle that out later, right? But it has to mm. be heard in order for that those parts of ourselves to come together. Yeah. So the other thing I would say is uh, in terms of having people around you is I would really really suggest uh, having a, tr a trusted therapist who really knows mm. what's going on and can take some of those steps from that more psychological and social point of view uh, to bring you into a place where you're moving forward. Because you know, they, they have training, they have empathy, they have uh, methods that have been shown to be effective, and that's a very helpful way to move forward. Yeah. I think those are some very great tips. I think a therapist is definitely something that is undervalued, especially for Christians. People are like, well, I'll take it to God. I'm fine. Like, whatever. But I oh, think yeah. therapists are like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> therapists are definitely like, that's, that's literally what they studied for. Like, that's what they do. Um, I think that's great. I wanted to go back um, for your second point. You talked about uh, when you read a scripture and you meditate on it, you have all these questions like, how do I think about this sort of thing? I'm wondering practically, what does that look like for you? Does that, is that something you just think about in your head? Is that something you journal about? How do you have any sort of system with that? Or is that just something you think about in your head? I do not have a system. Uh, and I'll tell you why is because if every time I've had a system, it's let me down. So right. what, and that's because you know, my systems are, are devised when I'm in a particular mindset, I, I've got, a particular focus that I'm going for. And I, I can be pretty driven that way. Right. But like I said, you know, at some point something happens and that all kind of slides off to the side. Uh, it, one of the images I use in my book is it, it's like the floor tilts on you. Uh, Cause I, I used to, uh, a family member used to have a house where one of the corners of the house, it settled significantly so that, one of the rooms was kind of at a particular slant. If you weren't careful, mm. you'd be falling downhill as you walked through the room. <laughs> and mm. the way I was thinking about it, I was like, hey, that's that's kind of what this is like sometimes. It's, you know, you, you're going along just fine. And then the next day you get up and it's like, oh, the floor is tilted differently today. I don't, I don't know what's going on. So I don't really trust systems that I come up with. But it is right. just a uh, – it, it's trying to stay in the present with – what you're looking at in a passage because a lot of us can really just rely on what's in the past we're like i've i've learned this passage before i already know it i don't really need to read it again uh or that sort of thing like we all know the story of jonah and we all know right. how you know he you know went away from god and then went to nineveh to preach after god really dragged him out of the the whale and and mm. all that you know he he messed up by walking away from god yeah. we all know that that's kind of the point of the story and then we can just move on. But no, we need to come back to it in the present and kind of think, okay, how am I reacting to this story right now? What What's my baseline of emotions right now? How am I processing this in the present uh, so that I can take that to Jesus and be like, okay, here's who I am right now, uh, not 
what did I learn 10 years ago about this, but what is it right now that's going on in my soul uh, that I can deal with now? Mm. A lot of your, the second part of your book and what you've talked about in this podcast already is talking about meditating on scripture. Is that what you're talking about? Like, how do I yes. feel about this? How do I process about this? Well, not, it doesn't, yeah. How do I process yeah. this? It, you know, a lot of Christians uh, just kind of take a historical approach to the scripture where it's, we, we need to figure out what it means and then apply that to our lives. Mm. And I'm all for that. I think that all scripture has a meaning that we really need to find out that the authors wrote something and the Holy Spirit wrote something through them, that there is a truth, capital T, truth, that needs to be brought out of the text and applied to our lives. But the way that we go about doing that can be vastly different between, you know, a lot of different uh, Christians and, uh, and practices. So what we really need to do is bring ourselves to the text and kind of almost like submit ourselves to the text be like, okay, what, what's going on in my soul right now? Uh, and that's where the meditative part comes in. It's like, you don't, it's not something you just flip on and off like a light bulb. You kind of have to sit down there for a while and be like, I'm becoming aware that something is going on here, that I'm reacting in this way. Uh, a lot of, like I said, a lot of our negative emotions about it, we'll suppress those. We'll try to silence those. And so we really need to kind of give it time in order for us to come to the text and, and actually be honest with what we're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think those are some super great tips on where people can get started with people who are struggling with this. Um, what about if we have someone in our lives who we love or is very close to us? How can we support them along this journey? So the thing to know is we have to understand that a lot of the people we come into contact with are going to be experiencing these kinds of things. They're going to be uh, the ones that, you know, we, we look around in church and we don't know who they are right on the face of it. Uh, right. because th they may be participating fully. They may be, um, that we may see them as expressive or things like that. And they may be compensating mm. for something that's going on. So we don't know right. when we walk up to somebody, whether they're experiencing this fog or not, or even if they are, how long that have they been there? Mm. So we have to understand, uh, that people are going to have their guard up about it. Uh, they may not want to talk about the fog right away. They may not uh, want to open that level of vulnerability because, quite frankly, they may have done so in the past and they may have been hurt before. Uh, so we need to be aware of the kinds of things that could be out there. We need to be aware of the kinds of messages that we're speaking, uh, especially in a church setting where we're establishing expectations, right, for how people are meeting Jesus. You know, if we start going out there with a message like, hey, come to Jesus and your anxiety will go away. Well, we got to wait a minute on that, right? We got to back up off that there and, and realize that, hey, it may have worked that way for you. Doesn't mean it's going to work that way for everybody. And right. we could be setting people up for more of that feeling less than, uh, which will come out in their hearts as shame that we don't want them to feel that they shouldn't have to feel. So we have to be considerate of what our messages are. We have to be a little more empathetic uh, in understanding what, what, what are people going to hear when they walk into the room? Mm -hmm. And then for those of us that we know, 
know someone is going through something like the fog, um, we can really just check in with them from time to time to see how they're doing. Uh, we don't want to put yeah. a lot of pressure there. We don't want to uh, really try to spur them on and just get out of it as soon as possible. We have to allow the process to continue. And that process is going to be different for everyone. Mm, yeah, I think I think that that's great, especially when you say, hey, come to church and all your stuff will go away. And then it doesn't go away. And they're like, well, now there's, there's something wrong with me. What's wrong with me? And so... I believe God, God's God of miracles, but also God's the author, like he's got his timing and he's got a plan and that's not the same for everyone. And so, so I think that that's a great thing you just said. Um, if people could have like, whether it's for people struggling with this or people who love someone who's struggling with this, if there's one takeaway, if there's one thing that's the most important, if they forget everything from this podcast, if they want to take one thing that they can apply to their life, what do you think is the most important thing that they can take away from this podcast? Uh, the most important thing I would want someone to take away from this podcast is that Jesus is not ashamed to call anyone who follows him his brother and his sister. Um, even though we have this internal voice sometimes that tells us that we are less than, that we're second class, that we don't really belong, uh, the Bible is quite clear and Jesus is quite clear uh, that you know, what God gives us is the reason that Jesus is not ashamed to know us is because we all share the same father and that's it. That mm -hmm. there's nothing about our performance in that equation. That's from Hebrews two chapter, uh, chapter two, verse 11. Uh, there's nothing about our performance in that equation. It's just, we can give ourselves permission to explore this fog, to live out our lives because that takes the pressure off uh, because our fog experience that's not making Jesus ashamed of us. Mm. Yeah, th yeah, that's definitely a great takeaway. And, and I want to honor you for everything you're doing with this book. Obviously, I've never written a book, and it's probably not easy. It probably takes a lot of time. And you've taken things that have been a struggle for you in your life, and you're using it. Uh, you're taking something that hasn't been something nice in your life, and you're using it for good, and you're using it to help other people, and especially even just judging by your, your reviews on the, your book, like you're changing people's lives and you're helping people on their journey, and I thank you for that. Mental health is obviously something that people struggle with a lot more than people want to realize or people want to admit. It's definitely a big problem for a lot of people, even in church, even people who love God, even people who believe in God, it's still an issue for a lot of people, and so I think what you're doing is amazing. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, do you want to wrap this up with, speaking of that, do you want to wrap this up with some rapid fire questions? Yeah, sure. Nice. Um, so this, I've only got a few, but it's just a good way to sort of see where you're like, where you get your knowledge from and everything. Uh, what's your favorite book or author or anything along those lines? Uh, my favorite authors would be, uh, well, my favorite book would be The Relational Soul by a guy named Rich Plass. Uh, that really, mm. um, talked about how our souls uh, kind of interact together and we can really affect the people around us just by our presence even though even above what we talk about and, and the way that we communicate mm. uh, so that that was a very helpful book the other one i would put out there is uh, henry nowen's uh, book here and now where he mm. talks a lot about being present and just staying right. in the present and not allowing those past things and those future anxieties to really impinge upon 
what we have going on in our souls right here and now. Yeah, they sound great. Um, I don't know how much of a podcast person you are. Do you have a favorite podcast that you listen to? I uh, the, the one that really resonated with me uh, that I, I listened to last year uh, was called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. It was uh, a production by Christianity Today uh, by Mike Cosper. And that podcast went for, I don't know, it might have been around 15 episodes, but just talking about a huge megachurch in Seattle, Washington, uh, which had thousands of people in it. Uh, but it really uh, fell on hard times because of some character issues and some uh, bad decisions by leadership. Uh, but it was mm. it's a very real working through of how that affected the people who were left and what the spiritual effects were, what the emotional effects were. And it was a very honest look at that. And I appreciated that. Nice. Yeah. Um, this is a, this is an interesting question. Um, if you could have anyone as a mentor, Oh, my camera turned off. Hold on. <laughs> Edit this part out. This is, I was going to, I was going to mention to you, but I forgot to, this is my first time using, a proper camera for a podcast and so i thought i had all this well i think i do have all the settings maybe it's just after half an hour but okay there we go edit that part out um okay so this was one of the interesting questions if you could have any mentor dead or alive anyone in the world except for jesus that doesn't count because obviously that's probably the obvious <laughs> question answer um who would you have wow that's a and this could be any question. area of your life you don't it doesn't have to be a doesn't have to be like a Christian figure. It can be, but is anyone in your life who you'd have as a mentor? The first one that comes to my mind would be Thomas Edison. Uh, just to have oh. that that idea of no matter how many times you fail at something, you're just going to keep mm. trying again. Right. That's that's one has never came up before. That's interesting. We've had a lot of George Washingtons or Abraham Lincolns or past. American presidents, but that's one we've never had before. So congrats on that. You're first for Thomas Edison. Um, Matt, I think what you've talked about today has been super amazing. Um, I think it's going to help a lot of people and it's going to, I think, it's super practical, but also based in past experience. Hey guys, um, I'm just jumping in from the future and uh, it turns out for some reason my mic just stopped recording for this last part. So um, basically, hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, I basically from this point just asked Matt uh, where you can learn more about him and where you can find his book. So here you go. So my book is on Amazon. It's also on other uh, booksellers. Uh, it's, it's available for uh, publication through just about any bookseller at this point. Uh, the book is Christ in the Fog, Meditations of the Functional Hurting. I have it in uh, print and ebook form. Uh, you can also go to my website at foglife.net, F-O-G-L-I-F-E.net. I have a blog there as well that I, I keep posting to that's also on in, in more bite-sized portions of what I've been talking about, uh, just kind of taking one, one concept at a time and just uh, digging into it a bit. Uh, there's uh, a few chapters of the book that are up there on that site for free uh, that anyone can take and, and look at. And you can find some more information on me there as well. Hey, thanks so much for checking out this week's episode of the Son of Man podcast. I hope it brought you as much value as it did to me. And if you did enjoy it, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to this. It really helped more ambitious Christians just like yourself all around the world get some of this knowledge that we discussed today. Also, if you'd like to dive deeper into any of the topics we discussed today, I've actually got a free private Facebook group 
uh, that is filled with people just like yourself, people who are trying to achieve their God dreams, then you can head over. The link will be in the show notes or in the description below and go check that out. Anyway, guys, hope you have a great day. I'll be back here next time, same time, same place, next week. And I'll see you guys there. Peace out.